Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. So as a quick note before we begin this episode of the podcast... Uh, my laptop absolutely died on me, and I lost the last episode recording that we had before this. So as a very quick synopsis, our heroes found a way into the deepest bowels to the mines within the Hall of Silver and Steel. Uh, they took an elevator shaft all the way down, but on the way down, a few Durgar riding on giant spider uh, cavalry uh, known as Durgar Cavalrachni uh, they they had to fight a group of them on the way down the elevator shaft, and along the way down made a whole bunch of noise, but once they reached the bottom of the shaft, they had found themselves uh, sort of cornered in a dwarvish work camp that they expected to be out of service, but very clearly is now in service again. Uh, with quite a few insectoid workers abound, but no dwarves in sight. So let's carry on with the next episode. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign. I'm on a new laptop right now, so I'm probably not going to be on my groove. We are in the, uh, what adventure? The Lords? Yeah. With the quest, Salvation, our party seem to be reaching the pinnacle of their quest as they have delved deep within the innermost bowels of the Hall of Silver, looking to put an end to whomever is down here keeping track of all these poor little dwarfy slaves. Uh, hopefully, the party will be able to save the slaves following their plan that's been sort of sifted through the ranks. But after being stalked all the way down the elevator to the bottom here by a group of, uh, what was it, Duergar Cavalrachni, the uh, cavalry spider boys, the party made a lot of noise before reaching the bottom and find themselves at the bottom of a, a sort of mining work camp seeing a few avenues for where they might be able to go. And they see at the bottom here as well, a few strange giant ant-like beings. Uh, the Aspies seem to be readily at work down at the bottom here. So with salvation in mind, what does the party want to do? As they see before them, an avenue that leads back about 300, 400 feet, and another one that rides off to the other way. A uh, small work camp is off to the right. Uh, where you guys can see that there is a series of mining carts set up as well as piles of stone that are going to be refined and whatnot. Um, but yeah, again, there's about three Aspies that are working over in the corner. So what would you guys like to do at this point? I think I'd like to hide. 
like, very just good. like I don't know. They clearly like might have heard something or whatnot. It, I don't is, imagine those were the first of the guards. Are there any torches or anything down here, like lit up to? Yeah, the place does have torches running down that main alley uh, to the far section, as well as a few of them leading off to the side passage. Um, the work camp has a few of them as well. Everything's very dim, but it's enough to show where, like, you know, there's enough of a distribution that shows where people are supposed to be working. Yeah, but it's enough where Anton, you know, doesn't need to be. I don't guided. need to be unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought we all enjoyed that part of the game. It, yeah, but. I'm just making sure. I don't sure. think I need it. So, with that in mind, uh, Anton wants to hide, which I don't know if that's a deep-seated thing for something else, or what was the rest of the party looking to do? Uh, Norhill's going to start unloading the mining carts off of the elevator and okay. uh, pushing them down the track towards the work camp. Okay. Now, when you say the the work camp is in, like, where the Aspies are set up? Yes. Uh, warily he'll go, though, just to make sure, you know, they're not hostile. Sure. Okay. And so as you begin to push them about 100 feet or so down the line here, you can see as you are, push off one of the side rails. What? Me, are me and Klika still in the mine carts? Because I don't I mean, remember if, us getting out. I mean, if you want to be. I mean, if I, I see, if Klika sees... Norhill pushing his minecart, she'll get out and start pushing hers too. Okay. Charmaine's going to stay in it and relax. <laughs> and Norhill, filled with dwarfish vigor, uh, pushes three minecarts worth of freeloading party members down the line to the little work camp on the side. And as you do so, the Aspies don't seem to notice you whatsoever. Excellent. Um, so, given what our plan was before, Norhill is going to say, all right, we're here. If there's any explosives nearby, uh, we'll have to search this camp. Uh, Norhill, can you roll a charisma saving throw? I can certainly try and get a 10. Okay. Uh, so echoing down the corridor about 30 seconds or so uh, later, you hear the sound of a dwarf uh, begin screaming in agony. And the scream seems to kind of groan out and drill out into a, a sense of sort of like a, a gurgling, bubbling noise as if something had just been like mutilated. Or, no, put that on hold. We're going to go see what that was first. And as you continue down this way, maybe now more hasty down that main passageway, um, you hear another one getting mutilated, screaming out. This one sounding like a grown man instead of a woman. And then by the time you've made it about halfway down this alleyway, you hear a single voice boom out from beyond. And it just kind of shouts out to you guys. And it says, please hurry but he yells it in the uh, common tongue. Can I do an insight? <laughs> well, actually, you're hidden with the ant people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Anton of ant people. <laughs> no, I'm Anton people. But yeah, go ahead. Roll, a, roll an insight check. Yeah. No. 
I don't really. Well, you bug. Oh, I don't have that much fucking insight because I got eight. I mean, I don't really know what you're trying to roll insight for. I mean, it, it something is tauntingly calling you down this way. Well, yeah, I, I can't. I want to tell if it's genuine or not. Fair. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like this person's very nice. I'll say that much. It doesn't sound like a good thing. Well, Anton, Anton's just going to lift up his shield. He says, be on your guard. And so, thank you, Anton. So as the party makes it about 200 out of the 300 feet down the way, you hear another mutilated screaming noise as uh, the voice beckons out again. And this time in Dwarfish, and it says, hush, hush. No reason to be in such bad spirits about it. Think of all the good you're doing. Many hungry mouths and such. And so the party, I guess by this point, uh, after just hurrying as fast as they can down this way, reach uh, what could only be described as sort of like a mining quarry. Um sort of a giant circular dish of a chamber here where there are uh, a few layers that kind of dip down and a few large stones that sort of climb all the way up to the ceiling. The whole thing almost looks like a giant soup dish, but there's various mining equipment down here. Uh, you know, things like a, um, like a, a mining carts that are supposed to be filled, shovels, pickaxes and whatnot. The whole place looking a bit aged and decrepit as all the materials down here seem to be uh, made of like sort of aged and old wood from a different generation of mining as it were. But the most alarming sight that you guys can see out of all this is down in the base down here, the whole place being about like 200 feet across from the farthest distance. Uh, but down in the bottom of this pit, which climbs down about 30 or so feet, you guys can see a series of eight of those aspies and they seem to have gorged upon or at least mutilated uh, just as many dwarfish corpses as you've heard screams. Um, floating above the pit, you can see another dwarf, an old man sort of dangling midair above the pit. Um, and that's about all you see. Down the passageway to the far left, you guys can see that it carries off in the distance and you can see that there's another group of dwarves that have all been kind of shepherded and, and pushed into a corner here. Um, judging by what you can see from over here and from the torchlight, it looks like there could be about the majority of the dwarves all shoved in the corner back here and all kept in a nice little kind of pen in the corner. But unfortunately, whoever it was that was calling to you seems to be nowhere around at all. So what would you like to do? Uh, is Norhill still flying? Uh, he's got the capacity for it. I would say you probably lost about three minutes trudging out here. Uh, so how much time does that leave me? Six. Six minutes. All right, yeah. Uh, Norhill's going to dash up to the dwarf that's, you know, hanging up in the air. He's suspended over the dish, so he's floating about 50 feet in the air, and below him it descends about 30 feet from the ground level. So he yeah, is so with the dash, I got a 120, I got a, yeah, 125 feet, so. Okay, so you're going to run down in the, in the pit with all the Aspies? Well, he'll fly up to the dwarf yeah, flying up oh to right the, the flying part you know it would be good <laughs> for me to remember the flying aspect of it um but yeah okay so as you begin to fly up that way um can i get a uh wisdom saving throw from you 10 
Okay. And so with that, you are frozen in place, utterly and completely. And you hear a voice that kind of beckons out from, again, directly across the soup dish, but you see nothing there until finally a single Duergar seems to appear out of the uh, nothingness. And it seems to sort of uh, recede from the invisibility that enshrouded him before, almost coming like out of a, a layer of liquid back into the material form. But not only is he there, he seems to be mounted upon something that could only be described as a nightmarish terror that comes from only the deepest caverns below the earth itself with a gigantic slug about the size of an elephant uh, mounted and saddled beneath him dripping acidic caustic goo from all areas of its underbody there. And it sort of rears up this weird looking amorphous blobbish head and drips seem to be coming out of a gaping maw. And as this Duergar warlord of sorts wearing fine plate armor seems to kind of rear back on the saddle a little bit, he says, now, now, why would it be that you would care so much about one single dwarf when there are so many others to be lost? And as he says so, you can see him kind of like look up at the dwarf floating there, blink once, and the dwarf falls to the pit below. And with a crunching sound, it falls with like a splat onto the ground and with another sort of blink. And you can see an agitated sort of look on the Duergar's face. All of the Aspies begin in a frenzy to start to tear it apart. And he says, how fragile their lives are. But doesn't this say something about their worth? What was he going to do for you? And looking While he's back, talking, I'm gonna Hill. be, I'm gonna cast Shadow Blade. Okay. And with that, looking back up at Norhill, he says, "Now, I know who you are. Your mind is a toy, and I have searched through it and found much. You wish to be a hero of this hall. I wish to shave my people. And so with that, he sort of." kind of rolls his eyebrows a little bit and he says i'm willing to do something that i would never do before for i see innocence in you i see promise in you norhill you have come far to come home to this place and alas i have found very little i will give you your people and i will give you your freedom you may leave here without any fear of retribution or violence but i will get what i want and you will not stop me. Your words this, can't tempt me, toiler. And he says, I've searched your mind. You know nothing of what is down here. Do you really wish this upon yourself? This violence? And you see, as he kind of like lifts his hand up again, very gingerly, another dwarf comes like flying out of that back room and comes flying over the pit, just dangling there again. And he says, what does one matter? They could all die. You could be such a fool as to, to, to try to fight me. Do you even know who I am? You don't know the grudge that I bear, what my people have been through. And yet I offer you a truce, some sense of peace between us. And you're going to try and spit in my face like this? I'm offering you an opportunity. A chance. If there was ever a chance for peace between our two peoples, it was before you conquered our halls and enslaved us. And sold your soul to the Herald of Steel. 
And so that he kind of wriggles a little bit in his seat and he says, sold my soul. So you mistake me for a fool. I'm an opportunist and I have found great resources amongst him and his accomplices. I saw an opportunity to strike and I did. And I felled every single one of those oath bearing fools that tried to fight me as well as his forces. And where are they now? They're dead. Norhill, you have an opportunity before you. I was resourceful and opportunistic and look where I am. You have an opportunity sitting in your lap right now, a new age, a new history, and you're going to sacrifice all of it on some strange claim to glory. You would have my head on a pike just so that you could feel better about what's happened. They're dead, Norhill, and that's that. And I've come to get what's mine. If you wish to stand in my way, so be it. But you will die like the rest, and this hall will echo with another ghost. I'm going to fight, and I'm going to win, and their deaths will not have been in vain. How far away is he on his giant slug from us? Well... He is approximately from where you guys are standing. Mm. He's about 250 feet away from you guys. But I pictured you guys being a little bit closer to the pit. So if you'd like to, you can scoot up to being about 150 feet away. Um, But with that, we can roll for initiative. On a roll, six. Oh boy! Click no, I got a sixteen. Getting good with a Anybody twenty-four. So twenty-four. <laughs> Trying to so twenty-four, and I got sixteen. Do, 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 Twelve. Do. Four. Okay. 4, 16, 12, 6, 4. Okay, okay. Okay, cool. So then we're going to begin with Klika, yay? All right, so with that, uh, by all means, Klika, what are you going to do? You stand about 150 feet away, and this Duragar Ekfalar seems to be sitting on the uh, back of a gigantic slug. What would you like to do? Are you muted? You're muted. Do the aspis down in the pit seem like they are able to move freely? Yeah. Again, it seems like if you want, you can roll an inside check real quick. I know you're great at it, but. Yeah, this will be hot. How's a three do? <laughs> Bugs are confusing. <clears throat> Bugs are confusing. Should be nature. I mean, you can roll a nature check if you'd like to. And I mean that for Jarzak as well. Okay, because I got a one. Not Nat. I got a soft one. Did Jarzak do much better? Oh, yeah. Four times better. Okay. That's good. I got a four. Ronnie, Ronnie, did you want to roll another insight? Yeah. I'm like, let's get everybody in on this one. Fuck it. Why not? 23. Okay, I mean, with the 23, as you see Norhill floating over the pit and all of the rest of the party seems to be kind of 
hanging out and waiting for the call of what to do next. Um, you can tell that these strange little bug folks don't seem to be uh, doing anything until there's a glare from Ekphalar on the back of the slug. And all of a sudden they go into a frenzied little like tantrum. But it seems like without that acknowledgement, they're not doing much of anything and just kind of sitting there milling about like cows. These bugs are just as much slaves as the dwarves. Dang. Why don't we free them from their burden? Well put. Okay. So what would Klika like to do now? Uh, she is just going to... Uh, let's see. Spend... Uh, no. I'll just uh, take uh, move 30 feet uh, around the edge of the pit to start heading towards the Jorvan uh, leader. And also cast uh, Blink. Okay. Radical. And that's it for your turn? Mm-hmm. So I'm and next. And she blinks out of existence. You know, leave it to Klika. Okay. And so with that, um, I am next with 16, correct? Yep. Cool. All right. So with that, our friends, uh, all of a sudden, you notice around the pit as uh, as Ekphalar begins to kind of reel back a little bit. And he says, you had such promise. And this could have been such a new age. We could have all benefited. Everybody could have had gains in this. But unfortunately for you, your greed is too much. And just like the dwarves before you, you shall die. And as six other Duergar wink into visibility from invisibility around the pit, all of them armed with their javelins, they begin to whip them up at you after taking on a giant stature, uh, Mr. Norhill. Uh, the other ones more opportunistic around the pit. Uh, because Klika cast Blink, is she out of existence right now? Yeah. Well, you know, that would have diverted some of the attacks. <laughs> I don't think this is going to go well for Norhill, everybody, I think. Yeah, you know, I don't think this make is it many rounds. Well, good luck, everybody. And so with that, six javelins get tossed up from giants. And what's your armor class? 20. Shit, only two of them actually hit you. I mean, that's not it's not good, but, you know, it's better than, better than bad. Um, and you take a total of 14 points of damage. Uh, that's two separate attacks, so you're going to take your reduction off twice. See, that's not bad. The real bad is coming, though. Uh, and so with that... What was that? You said 14. 14. Yeah, minus six. But uh, with that, our friend here, the leader, uh, he beckons out to them again, and he says, you dogs, hit him. And with that, three more javelins come flying up from their ranks. And that is another two hits. And so with that, you take, this time it's a different number. That, that's a little bit better of a number. That's 17 points. And that's across two attacks. So you're going to take another six minus on that. So 11 points of damage total. So with that, after javelins just keep flying in a fury here, um, our friend on the back of the slug kind of crosses his arms menacingly. And he just says, you can't win Norhill. I will either have you help me 
or you will be dead and I will find what I need. And Norhill is well bloodied at this point. Ding dong. All right. Well, that's it for my turn. So next is 12, right? Yep. Rock and roll. What's Jarzak got? Where is he anyway? Uh, is he standing farther from the pit or did he move up as well? He would he would be up as well. Um, okay. Which can he make it from where we were to this to like the closest guy? Um well from where you're standing, you should be about 75 feet from him. Because they're down in a pit, right? Too? Mm-hmm. Jarzak's real good with long range. Trust me. I heard he gets to shoot two times in a row. It's done. It did good damage last time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Eldritch Blast. Let's see if it works. On one of the Duergar? Yeah, whichever one's closest. Rock and roll. Uh, 12 to hit. That is a miss. An 11 to hit. I love this skill. <laughs> oh no, this is not looking good. Um, uh, Jarzak's just gonna crawl back in the minecart. Oh bad! It's his. It's his real bad day. <laughs> he's going. He's going back home. See y'all later. Um, just, okay. I'll just pull out his shield and just wait. <laughs> okay. Or I can move closer. Yeah, I'll move to the closest one. My uh, 30 feet, yeah. Okay. Were you going to be starting to jump down into the pit to kind of get closer to them? Uh, Yeah, that works. Uh, it's, not, it's not like all the way down with the, the bugs, is it? No, no, no. There's tiers uh, okay. to it. Perfect. Then yes, that's fine. Yeah, there's uh, two separate landings between the bottom of the pit and the top. So you've got space. Okay. So with that, uh, now it's going to go to Norhill. Yes. And with that, I need to ask a question. How tough does Ekthalar himself look? He looks like he is, and from what he has described to you and the kind of bluff and strategy he's pulling right now, he looks very tough. Like one of the leaders of the Duergar has come up here on personal you know, reason to come take care of business. He's probably as powerful as one of the lords of the hall. Which okay, is to say so very powerful. Then in that case, I'm going to fall back to stand beside Anton and take the dodge action. I thought you were stuck. Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Uh, okay. that, I was going to say that might have been a yeah. really good point and I might have been screwed. So No, no, no. It, he released it to do other actions. Okay. Uh, so, so yes, okay, I, 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 fall, I fall back to stand beside Anton and dodge. I was going to say, because Jarzak's the one with the concentration on fly, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny how it works. But, okie dokie. Uh, so now it's going to be Anton's turn. Assuming Anton, I mean, assuming that you're done, Norhill? Yep. I was going to, I was going to attempt to fireball a big slug. Oh, wow. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking here we go. Party time. Anton's just like, no. Uh, what's the range on fireball? Uh, 150 feet. Ooh, okay, so you're going to have to move it. How far I'm going to move? Uh, about 25 feet. 
And then that way you'll be at max range on this sucker. Okay. I'll, I'll try and, to do that. As, I mean, as we know, slugs are very good at dodging things. Yeah, I'm going to roast it. <laughs> <laughs> roast that slug. All right, so what are you... Uh, what do we got? Uh, you have to um, do a dex of uh, 14. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I failed on both of them. Yay! And we'll even say that you you throw it in a certain way that you hit both of them and a Duergar. Yay! One of the little soldiers. Okay. So he got a 13 and failed. I got I got to do some math. One second. All right. We'll be back uh, in a sec uh, after a word from our sponsors. Y'all remember Judd? I remember Judd. Pepperidge Farm remembers Judd. That's enough, Judd. All right, Ronnie, what'd you get? One second. Oh my God! Pretty sure they had a close to Judd. Thirty-four factor, points there? of damage. I'm pretty sure they did. Fuck How much? You. Thirty-five. Thirty-four. Oh my goodness! Well, uh, one of the Duergar are officially cooked and roasted on the ground as he rolls in pain and agony before coming to a stop and dying. But unfortunately, both the warlord and the massive slug seem to be, I don't want to say unfazed. They're obviously torched and in pain, but it doesn't seem like that slowed them down too much. Um, Uh, And so with that, uh, is that it for your turn? Yeah, I'm just going to keep my shield ready because I know someone's going to whack me with a spear. No, no, come on. Yeah, yeah. So I I can't, and I I definitely can't. um, You're going to yell at me for this. I definitely can't do on the. No, you can't do healing. Shield the faith, right? (laughs) No. If your cantrip was the action and then your bonus action was a leveled spell, you could, but not for this. I'm going to never remember this till the end of my days. Like, that's going to be. You know, honestly. (laughs) I mean, for what it's worth, I kind of enjoy having it come up as often as it does. It's like a PSA for the spell system, but. All right, what's Kalika got for us? All right, so Kalika's going to appear 10 feet forward from where she warped out, and then she'll make a full move to try and get as close as possible to the slug guy around okay. the edge of the pit. Rock and roll. Uh, full move and a dash, I mean, so 60 feet. Okie doke. Tell me when you're done moving. Okay. And so, okay, so you still got a good distance between you, about 80 feet from you to the slug guy. Yeah. Not accounting for the giant pillar in the way. Yeah. All right. And that's it for your move. Yep. All right. And so now it goes to my whole big gang of bad guys. So with that, the big spooky slug like man. Poofs out of existence again rock and roll so with that uh big spooky slug man at this point he is going to hold his hands up and you can see that the slug begins to vibrate and jiggle like a lot to the point that it's kind of very very scary looking and weird as it kind of just begins to roil and toil and bubble and with that uh our friend the slug begins a very tumultuous journey as it begins to lurch forward at an incredibly tremendous speed, covering 
a good bit of ground nearly half of the distance through the bowl in a way that defies all the gravitational limits of having to go down sheer surfaces. And as he holds on for dear life on the back of this steamrolling slug, a caustic stream of slime seems to sizzle and pop the stones behind it as it's moving forward. And as it does, he reaching sort of the uh, end of his spot here at the bottom of the pit, you can see him sort of egg on all of the aspies that are down here. And all of the aspies begin to move at full speed up the ledge as well, uh, sort of defying the limitations as well that are uh, found in those critters that need to climb surfaces with only bipedal movements. So with that uh, giant herd of uh, spooky ant beasts begin to assault, climbing in, trying to kind of cover in on Jarzak um, with half of the pack down there doing so, the other half of the pack kind of making their way up a more traditional route to go around an ambush. This whole thing is beginning to feel like sort of a game of chess, which I think uh, Norhill probably notices this after witnessing sort of the glee that takes over the Duergar's face as this happens, as he begins to sort of, I don't know how to describe it other than he looks like he's sort of enjoying what he's doing here. Yeah. Uh, but you can see like machinations and things kind of rolling around in his head as he's going forward. And he beckons out again and he says, it's never too late. You can give up now. Never. <laughs> as Norhill hides behind Anton. <laughs> never. Um, okay. I was and in front it. of Anton six <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> that's what matters. But that's, uh, that's it for me. So next would be so, Jarzak. Uh... Yeah, but what do we get if we give up? <laughs> guys, it's, no, hold on. It, it, hold it might, on. Guys, uh, from down here, uh, that offer might... Surrounded uh, by giant <laughs> ants. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden the Rodney Dangerfield comes out of Jarzak like, whoa, whoa, tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> by the way, these ant beasts have four sets, I mean, four arms, and they seem to be razor sharp tipped barbs at the each of each one of their little fingers here and it looks like they do fast and clean work i don't want to i fucking hate bugs <laughs> it's been kind of a bug forward campaign you're the bug man yeah no reason to come after me boys uh jarzak's gonna use dodge and uh how much movement to get down to the bottom would you say? Um, I would say if you tried to jump down to the bottom, uh, getting past them, you could make it into the pit with 30 feet. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, yep. boy. That's it. And then... Ah... Uh... I'm gonna cast. I'm gonna cast hex. Is that a bonus action? Yeah. Wow, pretty cool. Are you doing it on the warlord? Yeah. Of course. So, what are you hexing on him? I am going to. Uh, I'll hex for. Choose wisely. Yeah, I know. Um. I guess con. Okay. Good luck. Okay. So with that, uh, what's the hex look like? 
Uh, so it's like this uh, dark, like thick smoke comes out of Jarzak's gauntlet Sweet. and just like rushes over to him. Okay. And as you see it begin to kind of wreathe around his form, he looks to you in a way and he says, you fool. He says, you think I am bothered by such things? And as he does so, he kind of mockingly looks over at Anton and over at Norhill and he says, I think your friends have much more to worry about. Perhaps you should save them rather than worrying about me. Uh, can I get, uh, if you, uh, Anton and, and Norhill, if you would be so kind, can you roll a wisdom saving throw for me? Yeah, perhaps you should be worried about me. Eight. What? Do you say eight? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this fight should be making me look cool, but, you know, all I've done is take a bunch of damage and not do it. 21. Dang. Okay. So both of you feel like your brain just got put into a spin cycle for a second, but oh, Anton fuck. holding true to his values and clutching his lantern seems to hold true to his faith and his mind kind of corrects itself. Norhill, on the other hand, uh, you spin me right round. And he's just reeling in mental anguish. Uh, so at this point, um, it goes to Norhill, right? Yeah, because Jarzax turns up, so it's Norhill. Yep. So, can I get a D10 roll? Three. So, the three, uh, you do not move or take any actions this turn as oh, you are... Yeah, so yeah. Hey, man, don't get mad at me. Well, um, I'm not mad at you. Are you mad at the fictional character, Anthony? Are yes, you feeding into it? obnoxious. <laughs> I don't get It'll to be... do anything this combat, I guess. You'll be back to ship shape. Hey, look, okay, think about all the times Ronnie's fallen asleep during combat. You think she was upset that she wasn't there for those fights? Maybe. I died a lot. What about when Jarzak? What about when Jared was falling asleep, huh? No, are we, are, no, are we yeah, talking about player or person? fell asleep? Yeah, yeah no, we're talking about the actual person. I don't know. There, there, there's a huge difference between falling asleep and getting to just sit through your thing. Anyway, hey, man, where do you go from me? All right, Anton, rock and roll. I'm trying to think of which of my fire spells I want to do. <laughs> do I want to do another fireball? Do I want to do another flaming spear? Do I want to scorching ring? <laughs> it does feel like Anton and Norhill are kind of switching positions in this fight, though, because usually Anton does a big spell and then Anton's dead and then the rest of the combat's out. But, you know. Is it too late to change my hex option? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking so, but oh no! What no, would you I to? think strength. Next? Oh, oh! How how far away is the slug from me? Uh, the slug currently from you. Oh, my hand. The sluggo duggo ding dang duggo is about seventy feet from you. Also, don't forget, Norhill is extremely bloody, and yeah. you're about to be beset. So keep that in mind too. Where Norhill's reeling, <laughs> spinning in circles and bleeding. <laughs> How? I'm just trying to take a look at all my stuff. I don't know if prayer healing would be any good. Prayer of healing takes 10 minutes. You're right. That's not going to do shit. Uh, <laughs> am I in touch range for Norhill? Uh, Could no. be. You'd have to move back. You'd have to move back. Mm-hmm. 
luckily, though, you could move uh, back, cast a spell, and move back to the position you're in right now because he's only about 15 from you. Yeah, I wanted to cast Cure Wounds on him. Okay, are you going to upcast it? Yeah. Okay, I mean, I figured I'd ask. Uh, so go ahead and roll that. Seeing Norhill and Dire Straits. Uh, you get one second. You have one second. Eight points. Eight points health back. And that's with your what? What level did you upcast it to? Um, I could um, third level. And you added your modifier. Yeah, I only I only rolled a, a three and a two. Ooh. At third Is level, it one... you only get two dice? No, yeah, third level would be three. Oh, I do get three. Sorry. Watch, this one's going to okay. be the eight. Uh, 12 points. Okay, I mean, that's not yeah. terrible. Yeah. We're only judging you a little bit, Ron. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, y'all dice. judge me, because I'm not a fucking smart. <laughs> Okay. No, I meant I meant the dice rolling. Hey, hey, this is a very sensitive combat. Okay, this is not this is not why we play this game. Okay, okay. when I wipe the floor with you guys, okay, I want you to all be happy. This is a campaign we all learn to love. But okay, so now, uh, Anton, did you move back to the edge of the pit? Um, you know what? You're gonna stay there. No, with I'm just gonna stay there with Norhill and give him comfort and support. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and so now goes to the top of the third round with Klika. Okay, uh, so I appear 10 feet and then I'll move another 20 going down the slopes into the pit to try and get towards the big guy on his slug. <laughs> Uh, if I, I stay, hope you appreciate fighting a Duergar right in a slug. Okay, I, I hope somebody appreciates. You this said one. it was like the size of an elephant. Oh, it sure is. Okay, so if that I stay on, cool. I'll give it that. If I stay on the ledge above, can I target, hit him and the slug with what melee? Uh, no, because he's not close enough to the edge. Okay, so I would just be able to hit the slug. Um. No, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're right there on the on the edge, yeah, you'd be able to hit either of them. Okay. So then I will use my shadow blade and make an attack uh, using green flame blade on it, and I'm gonna twin spell it. And so the first one will target him. That's a twenty soft to hit. That is what you need. That's good. And that's 22 damage. Dang. Okay. And then the next attack, that's going to hit the slug. And that's a 25 to hit the slug. Okay. That's good. That's Very 21 good. damage to slug. Um, oh, no. Seven of which is fire, if that makes any difference. Nope. Okay. Uh, and then I will spend another sorcery point and uh, use Booming Blade to attack um, the Dwargar. Okay. I will say the slug does look bloodied. 
And that's a nat 20, thank God. Dang. All right. So that's 40 damage to uh, the big guy. With the crit? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, Klika finally got in range, guys. It took three rounds, but she just (laughs) dropped 100 damage. I mean, you know, that's that's the game, I suppose. Okay. Is that it? Uh, Yeah, Uh, and then I'll see if I blink. It's going to be real funny if I don't. And I don't. Klika stays there. And so now, on my turn, the yep. slug-riding warlord slowly rotates on Slugback directly <laughs> over to you. And That's the slug opens up this You're big, scared. dripping, drooling maw. And Slug Klika says, hi, I'm Klika. <laughs> I for, still a have... it's like, for a second, it's like, what? I mean, anyway, go ahead and roll a deck saving throw, would you? I can try. <laughs> Oh no. 14. Okie dokie. We will remember you. <laughs> All right. So you take 17 points of acid damage as the thing drops a whole vat of acidic caustic vomit all over you and where you're sitting. And the rider on the back beckons out in common and it says, that hurt a lot, but I'll remember it always. And so... Uh, um, Klika's Klika... never done this before, but she thinks she can. And then uh, the first drop of acid hits her nose and she truly dislikes it. But as it does, uh, magic like ripples out and like that first drop sort of spreads and crosses her whole body and then uh sort of gives her a protective shielding of acid and she uses absorb elements to half it so instead of 17 it drops to eight i believe well shit yep and i get a powered up next attack well you know what great i'm glad for you okay um so at this point um the uh the warlord on the back ekfalar points another finger down at you and you feel a strange sort of reverberation in the area around you as if like your ears pop only to realize that nothing makes any sound within the 20 feet circle around you and no sounds of like come from gravel or anything like that from your steps or anything. And any attempt to cast any spell that requires a verbal component will immediately fail while in the zone. And at this point, our friend takes a mighty hammer and whips it down at you. What's your armor class? 21. Cool. Okay. So with that, a hammer comes veering down at you. And you take a total of seven bludgeoning damage mm-hmm. plus seven points of psionic damage or psychic okay. damage, rather. Okay. So that's that. And with that, all of the Aspies are sitting here milling about doing very little of anything for anybody, uh, almost as if they completely forgot about Jarzak. But the various Duergar that are still here and capable of doing anything see Kalika rushing up to their boss, 
and they see Jarzak down in the pit as well and begin to do everything in their power to kind of get in the way and continue their assault. So with that, a series of javelins are going to be thrown now where two of them are tossed towards Klika. What's your armor class? 21. Uh, Klika? 21? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So neither of those spears hit you, and three spears come flying down to Jarzak. What's Jarzak's armor class? At disadvantage, and it's 17. Okay. Okay. So one of those javelins still managed to hit you, uh, and the total damage from the javelin is... Ooh, shit. 13 points. That's just about maximum from one of the giant javelins. And that is it for my turn. Um, I forgot to do the bounce damage from Green Flame Blade. So can I just do that real quick? To whom? Uh, I hit them both, so it would have bounced to the other one either way. So each one is just going to take a D8 minus one of damage. Okay. So one of them are... So the first one I went after was the main guy. So... The slug takes six, and then the main guy takes zero because I rolled a one. Okay. Okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And now it goes to Jarzak. Okay. Uh, can I make it to the big big guy? Um, I'm not sure you'd be able to without using a double move. Yeah, it's about... I, I'll give it to you. Okay, sweet. And then that whole uh, swapping it to strength, is that something I could have done or no? Too yeah, late. I'll let you swap it to strength. Go ahead. Oh, sweet. At least he doesn't have like disadvantage on his con saves anymore. No, but as soon as he goes giant, he gets advantage on strength saves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is he giant? Not yet. Perfect. Okay, uh, I'm going to cast Lightning Lure on him. Oh, are you trying to pull them off? Uh, yeah, and that is a 16 strength save at disadvantage. Ooh, nice, nice. I see what you did there. Yeah. Ooh, I got a 14. Okay, uh, he's going to be ripped off of the slug then. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Did he take damage from that? Yeah. That's kind of funny. The slug's just looking to eat Kalika, and then he just... Uh, wow. Incredible. <laughs> I rolled a total of... I rolled two D8s and a D6. Three. And I got... What was that? Four damage total. <laughs> well, I mean, you got him off the slug. That's pretty fun. Yeah, so now he's like pulled right in front of me. In between me and the slug, which the slug's like acid and stuff, right? And because it's so big, wouldn't he have dropped into it? No. Okay. <laughs> well, it only moves 10 feet towards me, so it wouldn't go all the way. Uh, so you're saying you pulled the rider 10 feet towards you? Yeah. Okay, so he'll be on the floor right next to you. Okie dokie. Um, and so now... Uh, like now to, is that if your turn yeah I'm just I would have positioned myself between him and the slug 
Okay. So do you want them to be like adjacent or between you and the slug? In between, so that the slug has to like go around him to get to me. Roger. Okay, he's, he's too big. And so with that in mind, uh, now that your turn's up, it uh, goes to Norhill. And so Norhill's brains get out of the spin cycle. Uh, you come back to consciousness with Anton having touched you with healing powers and kind of is looking back at the battlefield trying to protect you and keeping positivity on the mind, telling you to get your mind in the game, get out there. Do I or does that or does the spell ending in my turn? No, no, no. The, you're, you're done. Um, like you're all set. You're good to go. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm done as in it's not my no, turn. Nor- Norhill, you get to play now. Okay, good. Um, I don't know what you guys want from me, okay? I'm casting spells I'm, in my head. I'm literally just trying to make sure I can take my turn. That's all I'm trying to figure out. Am um, I allowed to take my turn, Dan? Well, a lot of effects. It's like, oh, but it ends, but it ends your turn as a part of ending. You know, it's not, it's not an unusual question to ask. Anyway, I'm going to charge the Druger. I mean, I, I'm going to dash to get in base space contact with the Druger because you can't charge uh, anymore in this edition. Uh, well, are you using the helmet charge? Well, he's already prone. Uh, does right? Lightning Lord pull? No, I think Lightning Lord just pulls him to you. I don't think it knocks him prone. Oh, but I meant okay. The, uh... Then, yeah, I'll use that to try to knock him prone. Um, so with the humming of the helmet as you regain your sensibilities and see him on the ground, uh, at this point, now that he's on the ground, sort of fondling at his weapons on his belt, you take it upon yourself to t- hurtle down like a dwarvish missile down the uh, the various ledges. I mean, go ahead, you describe it. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Norhill just you know that flies up a little bit. You know, it does you know like a uh, uh, you know rolling tumble, you know like a cannonball uh, to strike him horns on the helmet first. Okay, so just full on like uh, boar trotting towards him. So do I have to make a saving throw? Uh, yes, it's a DC 14 save, but I didn't write down what kind of save. I imagine uh, a strength. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, and oh. one way or another, uh, either from the hex or from the fact that I dashed doing this, he has disadvantage on the save. That's true. I mean, I failed it on the first deck. I failed it harder on the second if that makes you feel any better. It does. Um, and then, did you want to make the weapon attack in there as well? Do I get a weapon attack as a part of that? I mean, I think that I have to use my action surge if I want to attack because dashing is an action. Did you want to use your action surge? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I saw it coming either way. All right. Uh, he's prone. Like, until Dan advantage. pauses me again. He's prone, so I have advantage. Sure do. Right. Oh, and you can split attack. I forgot about that. Um, let's see. So on that first attack, I've gotten a 19 to hit. That's a miss. Okay. On the second attack. Twenty-five. That's a hit. So as it glints off the first swing, you swing it again for his ribs. All right, and I'm going to spend a superiority die to make this a disarming attack. That's so brutal <laughs> as he's got his little hammer ready in his hand and you're just swinging left and right. Uh, so that's going to be 19 points of piercing and lightning damage. 
Okay. And then he's also got to make a DC 14 strength save or else he drops his weapon at his feet. At disadvantage. Yeah. You know, all together now, and it was a 14, you said? Yep. Okay, so he fails, and as you beam it out of his hands, uh, Jarzak, it catches your eye that the weapon he was, like, pulling up to defend himself, he began to pull out, uh, I guess both of you guys can see it very Actually, clearly. Actually, that's but... a 15 uh, on that save. Um, oh, good. No, not that it matters, it's just I forgot that. <laughs> you failed even harder, Dan. Yeah, one whole extra point, Dan. But he was pulling out what looked to be one of the most finest crafted katana you have ever seen. And as he begins to like unsheath it to defend himself, you just beat it out of his hand and it goes flopping to the back and smacks yeah. into one of the rocks. What, what are the chances that I can use a bonus action to kick it away? Oh, it's about, I mean, it's, what do you mean kick it away? Well, because disarming attacks, uh, the text of the ability says that the weapon is dropped at their feet. Oh, I'll say you can smack it out of there. It would be funny if it hit the slug and melted. That would just... (laughs) (laughs) This is an heirloom of my family. I will use it to kill you. No, it turns out he's just a fucking weeb. And it was a replica sword. (laughs) This is a through blade. It says Sears on it. It's got a full tang, so it like flies off the hill. (laughs) <laughs> but with that, yeah, as it goes flying off, it somehow manages to catch Jarzak's eye as it falls, clinking against a rock, bouncing, kind of skittering back towards Jarzak's feet. And so now, uh, if that's it for Norhill... Uh, uh, that is every conceivable action that I could possibly take. <laughs> how to get them all in there before Dan ends up taking you again. Um, okay, and so now it goes to Anton. Um... I want to do Scorching Ray, and I'm thinking I want to hit the t- two Dwarger and the Slug while they're taking care of the Dwarf. Okay. Yeah, so Dwarger. the three of them that are kind of over near Klika and getting ready to go at her? Yep. Okay, so you're going to do one beam for each of them? Yep. Okay. okay. So that's going to be one second. See if they all, all right. Work. What is this measurement? One second of damage. I'm no, no, I just I can't. I'm slow. Her, 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 her. I, I thought it was six seconds per turn. Uh, <laughs> I got <laughs> an 18, an 18, 20, uh, 23. Okay, so all three are hits. Let's go, Ron Dog. What do you got first for damage? One, first one is six points of damage. Okay. Second one is 12 points of damage. Damn. Third one is two points of damage. Oh, ew. The slug. <laughs> so with that, the slug looks incredibly bloodied. One of the Duergar that you hit, the one closest to Klika, is bloodied as well. And the other one seems to be doing just fine. Okay. Is that it for your turn, or were you going to move? Uh, I'm going to say that's... Yeah, I'm going to say that's it for now. Okay. And so, uh, now it goes to Klika at the top of the round. Round four, everybody. This is probably the longest-lasting 5th edition combat I've ever seen. <laughs> four uh, whole turns? Klika's going to make her way around the giant slug to get to the dwarger on the ground. 
Okay. And stab the fuck out of him. Yeah, you uh, wish you could stab the fuck out of him. So she will attack him with another um, a green flame blade. And that's going to be a miss with a 1 and a 9, so only a 17. And then she will spend uh, two sorcery points, her last two, and quicken spell um, Booming Blade to attack him again. Okay. And that's going to miss by 1 with a 19. So, And then we'll see if Klika blips out of existence. She does. Gone forever. And that's my turn. My goodness. All right. So now on his turn, uh, with that, the uh, oaf on the ground there, our friend Ekfalar, um, rolls over uh, towards uh, towards Jarzak and disappears from all vision, only to reappear behind him, grasping for the sword on the ground and picking it up while standing goes for a quick in-stepping swing. And what's your armor class, Jarzak? Uh, he's uh, going to make that a disadvantage. Uh, he tried to pop in so he'd be on a flank, or at least behind him. But I'll, I'll position him so that that's going to work out. I mean, so, I just have to be adjacent to the creature that's getting attacked, right? Yeah, boy. Yeah, made yeah. versus an ally in, within five feet, so... Dang, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, this is, this is 17. Oh boy. All right, let's see if we got this. Come on, boys. Everybody, uh, everybody root for Dan. Oh my god, your shirt has birds on it. <laughs> thank thank you, Ronnie. That's great. Now you outed me. <laughs> I got a 18 on the swing. And so with that, his katana blade comes slicing down. Uh, Jarzak, your armor class is uh, permanently until repaired, reduced by one. And you take a total of uh, eight, uh, 15 points of damage. Five of that is psychic. How much? Uh, 15. Right? Is that what I said? Yep. Okay. Yep. Right? No? Yeah? Yeah. Right? Wait. Yes. On. Yes. God, yes. Hey. Cranky. Look. You're freaking out. I'm trying to figure it out. You <laughs> 15. I don't want people to know that I'm not actually rolling dice. I'm just dropping like a thing that sounds like a die over here and just making <laughs> shit up. I don't know what any of these spells do. That's why I was asked what it does. Uh, now people know about my comment on social media what you think Dan is rolling instead of guys. Ooh, and then I'll send you an empty Fago bottle. <laughs> Fago gate. Um, but um, okay. And after doing that, uh, the giant slug uh, turns around and tries to womp onto Norhill. So with that, uh, do. It terribly misses Norhill's armor class. I imagine it like slops to the ground with a huge like mammoth thud, and Norhill just kind of sidesteps it with a quick dart there. Uh. Um, but all of the uh, other friendly neighborhood uh, Durgar begin their march towards you guys in the center of the pit. 
moving in. And it would seem at this point that those Aspies are still just kind of standing there doing very little of anything for anybody. Um, but at this point, all of the Duergar begin to again toss uh, javelins in. So we've got two javelins being tossed in at Norhill, uh, one javelin getting tossed in at Jarzak. And oh, actually, sorry, no, Norhill's got three, Jarzak's got two. Two at Jarzak are coming in at disadvantage. So with one swing, that's a miss. Another throw, that's a miss on Jarzak. And then the three throwing in at Norhill. We have. One of them is a crit. Uh, no, it's not. Ooh, that's right. Oh, look at that. Dwarf is <laughs> armor. Uh, so you take a total of seven points of damage with the minus three. Boom. Look at that. Look at that. That's progress. Stonks. Um, so now uh, that is it for my turn. And it goes to Jarzak. Okay. Uh, Jarzak is... Gonna take out his axe and attack this guy. Okay. I'll, I'll trade weapons if you want. Yours is looking real slick. He just looks at him and he's like, shut up. Mine's just pretty much like made of like bugs and shadow, so like it looks a lot less slick. <laughs> Very good. Uh... It's like, whoa, that's a cool. Whoa, how'd you do that? Like, fuck off. We're fighting. It's like, uh, 19 to hit. Misses. And then a nat 20. Oh, a nat 20? Yeah. Dang, boy. See, he doesn't have fancy dwarf armor. That sounds like a dwarf farmer. Yeah, dwarf farmer. They grow mushrooms. (laughs) You better believe it, bud. Yeah, you know, just like a farmer maggot. Yeah, good old farmer maggot. And that is, is the greatest unsung, the greatest unsung hero of the Lord of the Rings. Look it up. Twenty-two damage. Okay. Holy cow. Okay. And. Uh. uh shit. Fuck, I should have Hexblade cursed first. <laughs> well, I get a plus three to hit. I would have hit on both, but oh well. All right, I Hexblade curse him. Okay. And it does more damage. Fuck me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and so now uh, it goes to Norhill. All right. Uh, so I'm just going to move a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know, just two. Like, I'm still standing behind Jarzak, but not leaving base to base with the slug. Um, okay. But also putting the slug between me and a couple of the other Drogar, so maybe they'll get a little bit of cover. Sure. Um, and then I'm going to swing in at Exelon. Okay. Uh, one attack, that's going to be a three on the die, so that's going to miss. Ugh. Um, that uh, uh, I got excited a little bit when I saw a 19, but uh, only 20's crit. Uh, that's gonna be a 27 to hit on the second attack. Okay, go ahead. All right, and I'm going to spend another superiority die to make this another uh disarming attack. 
Okay. Actually, the wrong time. Uh, so that's going to be 18 points of piercing and lightning damage, and he needs to make a DC 15 strength save. Damn. That's that disadvantage still? Yep. <laughs> I hear the little ghostly voice in my head. I got a five. Okay, uh, so he drops his weapon at his feet and <laughs> use my bonus action to kick it away again? Yes, I'll, I'll let you kick it away again with a bonus action. I'll again, this time closer sword. to Jarzak. Uh, and how's Jarzak looking? Uh, one might call it bloody. I call uh, it battle ready. Uh, fuck up, Jarzak. We can stay in control. Just hold it together. And I'm going to spend a superiority die to give you two temporary hit points. Ooh. It's the two I, that'll save them, really. I'm no longer bloody. Oh, <laughs> I feel great. See? Proggers. Um, Just over okay. the line. <laughs> And now it goes to Anton, if you're all set. Yep. Yeah. So, question. Those oh, other wait, dwarves... No, hold on. Sorry. That <laughs> ability was a bonus action. You don't have uh, to uh, hit points. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. The oh, kicking you the thing across. I don't care about that that much. <laughs> so, those other, those other dwarves there, are they, like... Are they actually blocked by something? Or could they, like, potentially actually get involved? Uh, it seems like they could come steamrolling into this pit, but they're also unarmed other than having like the makeshift mining tools that are kept from them. Can I use my horn to get some valor out of them to come running in? Like a sure, if you want to <laughs> you role play that part up a little bit? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out because I'm, I'm still not 100% with this. Would it be I want to do bravery so they... Uh, so would it? Would I want to do march? I mean, or you would could, I want to do could, valor? I, I guess I I don't understand which one would make sense. <laughs> I mean, we can just role play it at this point and say that you just toot the horn and and invigorate them. We can say that you give them the march one so that they get super speedy to come out here. Yeah. So essentially, Anson seeing like there's still a lot of pieces on the playing field thing. The more that visualization of chess or some kind of game, and he's like, we need more pieces. <laughs> dumps a whole other chess set on top. Exactly. We need more pieces. Anton, these are checkers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. We're going to beat him at a different game. <laughs> I throw a dart at my opponent. So Anton pulls out his pulls out his horn. He just has a feeling, a gut feeling. He's got to use it. And he does a little is a heroic toot toot from Anton. But Anton feels the horn in his hand before he even thinks about it. And seeing the illumination on the side of it, seeing all the little marching bodies on the side of the horn, which has only come up uh, in this episode and what? One like 20 episodes ago when you first got <laughs> But yeah. seeing for the first time, like a true body of warriors about to, you know, about to take on another army of warriors here. And Anton toots the horn, toot toot of, of valor, uh, the marching valorous toot toot, and all of the dwarves over there, like seeing their fierce leader beating the shit out of Ekphalar, smacking his weapons out of his hand and like dicking him around the arena, 
they all just like get up and start charging in and an army of elderly non-able-bodied people there are untrained military members and they all just come parading out of here and you see just like small swaths of them it's like a black friday army it's not trained but it's numerous and they come ready for hot deals as they come peeling from one side of the map to the edge of the dish Okay, there's Anton, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Leading the uh, armies of the unwashed uh, on a Black Friday march. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, okay, and so if that's the end of your turn, uh, Klika, can you save us from this madness? Okay. Uh, so Klika will reappear 10 feet so that she is next to him. Uh... Or the Ikvar? Is that his name? Ekvalar. Ekvalar? Okay. And then she will make an attack with Booming Blade. Okay. That's 216. So 24. Boom. Booming Blade. Hey, I know what I did there. And that's uh, 20 damage because I rolled a bunch of ones. You said 21? 20 damage. And totally. I will use Fury of the Small to do a, another extra 5 damage. So 25 oh. damage. Oh boy. Okay, yeah, he is he is absolutely teetering right now. You got anything else? Uh, let's see if I blink out of existence. Ooh, oh. no, I forgot to roll the extra d6 on my acid. Hold on. 5 Ooh. 5 damage. 5 more damage. Oh no. Okay. Shoot. All right. And so with that teetering on the point of death, our friend here at the bottom of the pit, Ekfalar, uh, seeing the sword on the ground, he reaches down to try to pick it up as he kind of takes a couple steps over and kicks the blade from the uh, from in front of him, kind of stumbling, kicks it away from him a little bit further. And he looks back and forth at Norhill and Jarzak, as well as Klika, and sees an army of unbathed dwarfish miners coming running this way. There are minor miners in there, but the majority of the miners are not miners. So with that, the... Uh, the the the, the Duragar down here, Ekfalar, looks back and forth and he points a stubby, dirty, blood-covered finger over at Norahill and he says, I'll be back. And when I return, I promise you, it'll be for what I came here for, but I'll also come for your head. This, as he kind of points to all the dwarves around him, calculated loss. I didn't lose much of anything, but you did. And with that, he winks invisibly and starts to run off in a direction that's hard to really account for. Oh, nice. Hold on. He's going to take... <laughs> oh, oh, I man. wish I cast Fairy Fire, son of a bitch. Uh... Uh... Oh, here it comes. Is it enough, though? There is a cutoff. And eight. 11 damage. 11, 11 thunder damage as he tries to sprint off like an idiot. He sprints off two steps and just, and just <laughs> falls to the ground dead in a concussive heap. And he just... I yeah. love that spell, dude. I don't like, think he's going to no. be back, Norhill. He lied to you. <laughs> he just got uh, a bonus charge on his gauntlet, too. Um, Norhill... Goodbrinage to, to dirty garbage, says I. Did he turn uninvisible when he exploded? 
Oh yeah. Oh, okay, great. So he just like I met, he turns visible, takes two steps, and all of a sudden, like it explodes and does you know a little, uh, uh, you know a little flip. Yeah, that's what I'm that, like that sweet ragdoll flip there. Yeah, but, exactly. And so with that all the Duergar here uh, are still kind of like suspended in action, seeing their leader go to take that step and ready javelins. But already the dwarvish group here, the, the whole army, the battalion of dwarves start to kind of wreathe around the edge of the dish as if preparing to just circle of death down into the pit on the surviving Duergar that are down there. And the Aspies don't seem to be doing, again, much of anything at all for anybody. And if anything, at this point, begin to mill about more freely and just start to kind of like move out of here, recognizing that there's a whole bunch of people that aren't Aspies around and they start to kind of like skitter out of here on their own accord. Um, But with that, the Duergar drop their weapons and put hands on heads as if kind of in a way of like, you know, uh, the giant slug position. also put its hand on its head? No, this thing is just in a big unholy tantrum. And this thing, again, tries to vomit on Jarzak, Klika. Klika, are you blinked? No, I didn't blink. Well, welcome to the party. Deck saves from all three of you. Hi. I actually did good on my deck save that time. So 25. Well, what do we got from Jarzak? 12. And what do we got from Norhill? Five. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, and I take it Klika doesn't have any fancy evasion abilities or anything? Nope, but she is going to use Absorb Elements again. So it'll be halved twice. Oh, good. Um, okay. So with that, uh, Klika is going to take six points, and you guys are going to take 24 each. Norhill's down. Oh, yeah. You know what saved and... Jarzak by one HP? <laughs> two temp temp HP. <laughs> Jesus H Christ. You know what? There you go, Norhill. And so as you get dropped, all of a sudden a whole cascading group of the dwarves just come flying in and start jumping and tackling on the back of the slug. Some of the dwarves are swinging like makeshift picks. Some are using little hammers. Some are just swinging rocks and throwing them from the soup dish edge. A bunch of them are just climbing in there, kicking, biting, scratching at the edge of the slug. And the slug manages to swath over a few of them, killing them immediately. But other ones just manage to get a good bit and bite on it. And the slug reels over and flops to its side, kind of shriveling up as the group just continue to berate it and murdelate it. The rest of the dwarves just give Van moves over the edge of the uh, the lips here down the tears and jump to Norhill's aid and begin to like pick him up and pull him away from whatever's going on in there and try to slap him to wake him up and just keep trying to regurg- uh, sorry, uh, yeah, regurgitate you, try to revitalize you. And they're just shouting for you to come to. Anton runs, he shuffles down, he says, hold it! <laughs> <laughs> They're just yeah. punching them in the face. They're like, wake up, leader. And, uh, de- de- dealing even one point of damage, I think it's an automatic. Yeah, he's gonna failure. he's gonna immediately hit um Norhill with spare the dying to make sure that he's stable. And okay. then he's gonna tell everyone to stick around. He's gonna wanna secure he says secure those three. There's three of the Zorger left, right? Yep. Secure those that. three. 
don't harm them, stay here, and Anton then casts the prayer of healing for like 10 minutes. Okay. Try to get at least six people, at with least. The, with, yeah, with uh, Anton running down, just, I guess he's got Norhill. Dibs mine. Goes and picks up say, the sword. As Norhill lays just... there unconscious, Klika's the only one who sees Jarzak immediately scoop up this super fine diamond-edged it, katana. Ta- takes a look at it, takes a look at Klika. Uh, it's a little too big for you, so I'm going to hang on to this one. <laughs> he would have wanted and me to have it. <laughs> everyone gets 11 points of health back. Klika just um, has the weird acid shield around her again, you know? I can breathe! <laughs> Unless can I... with, with that, Jarzak like, lifts his gauntlet up, and all of a sudden, like, uh, it looks like blood starts like pouring out the bottom, and he's going to heal himself. Ew. Uh, at this point, could I get a charisma saving throw from everybody here? Uh, char- charisma? We don't do that one much. Instant death. Uh, 23? Damn. That's my 14. good one. My actual good one. <laughs> well, what did we get? 14. 12? Yeah. Norhill got a... Well, Norhill's unconscious, so that kind of didn't count. Jar's using her more- uh, acid and like acid shell to just write Klika was here in the ground and make handprints everywhere. It's like <laughs> so that's Thanks. what she's doing while she fails this save. So Jarzak holding up this diamond edged blade here, looking at it in the light of the torches that are left around and the dwarves that are now kind of gathering up the torches. You can see after admiring the edge of this thing with un- inhumanly masterful craftsmanship, you see a mild reflection in the blade and feel this weird twinging sensation in the back of your head for a split second as if like something pokes inside your skull. And in the reflection, you see a strange black garbed floating being like somewhere above the soup dish. And for a split second, you feel something almost like intruding into your mind. And as you do this with a quick look back for a split second, like Bigfoot sighting split second, you see a strange alien aberrational looking figure floating above the soup dish, sort of looking down upon you with a sort of tentacled face, some strange alienish looking being that's unfathomable to your brain at this point. And as you look in the same second that you look up there, it's not existent. Oh no. And that's where we're going to end it. Mm. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at youngbrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.